All right. Well, it is a blessing to see everyone tonight, and uh, I'm always thankful for the opportunity, and uh, especially as we leave, I want to take the opportunity to say thank you to each and every one of you for being our church family, and uh, you, you all are a blessing to us and are, are an encouragement. This has been my church home since I was about eight years old, and uh, I value each and every one of you and the relationship that the Lord's given us, and uh, I'll just update you briefly on... Uh, what we're doing, uh, of course, last February, we flew down and traveled for, for some time there, uh, beginning deputation. We were able to get a vehicle, uh, RV down there. We were able to buy an RV from another missionary family. Uh, if you remember the King family, they were here last missions conference. So we were able to buy that RV from them and use that. And so it's down in Spokane. So we're going to fly down there tomorrow night, pick that up and continue our travels. And so please pray for us for safety for, uh, for the vehicles to run good and uh, be a lot of miles, as many of you know, and, uh, and just uh, general you know, good health and everything like that that goes along with it. We were able to raise about 25% uh, of our monthly support so far. And so we're thankful for that. And uh, I know the Lord is able, and we're just waiting to see what he's going to do. And, uh, but thank you again for, for your support and for your prayers. Uh, we value that greatly. And um, let's tonight turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. I've been looking forward to this message. It's been on my mind for some time. This, this passage has always been a help to me. Um, and then pastor asked to preach, so I, I was able to finish the, the message. And just I've been excited to, uh, to give you this message tonight. I believe it will be a help. I don't believe there's anybody in here that cannot benefit from some part of this message. Uh, because it applies to all of us. And uh, I'm going to get a drink of water before I get started because I'm already dry. But Hebrews chapter 6. When you get there, we'll, <clears throat> we'll back up and start reading actually in chapter 5 and verse 11. Now the, uh, the writer here of Hebrews is addressing the, uh, the Hebrew people here, of course, but he's addressing... A, a group of people that have a problem with going forward. And we'll see that in, in chapter 6, verse 1. Um, but he's, he's speaking about some different things. He, he, he brings up Melchizedek there, the high priest that was in Abraham's day. But then he breaks off in verse 11, and he, he has, to, has to address another thing here that we see. And let's start reading verse 11. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. We'll get to chapter 6. It says, of whom we have many things to say, speaking of uh, Melchizedek, the high priest there, and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And then uh, chapter 6, verse 1, it just carries right in. It says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, and of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And then it goes on from there. 
speaking of the impossibility of, of God letting someone fall from grace. But there, in verse 1 is what I want to preach out of tonight, and that is, let us go on. Let us go on. Let's go ahead and pray tonight as we open the message. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this opportunity to, to gather around your word, Lord. I thank you for um, the thoughts that you've given me through this passage. I pray it would be a blessing tonight. I pray, Lord, that it would go forth and be exactly uh, used for what your purpose is in each one of our hearts, Lord. And let us go on, Lord, in our walk with you. Let us go on in our, our uh, perfecting uh, of those things within us, Lord, that you want. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here in verse 1, the writer is encouraging the people to go on. He says, therefore, let us go on unto perfection. Um, the Christian life is about going on. It's about continuing on to completeness. And uh, that word perfection there has to do with completeness. Uh, you know, we know it's not talking about becoming, uh, getting to a place where you're, you're, you're sinless, but it is talking about getting to a place in your spiritual walk where you are complete in Christ. We have everything that's essential to live the Christian life. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit as we go into this. But I want to encourage you tonight to go on. But we know in James chapter 1, verse 4, he talks about, um, let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And this, this thought of, of or this, this theme, really, of being uh, brought to perfection is all through the epistles. You'll find it all through the epistles. Because God's desire for the Christian is to go on. is not to sit stagnant, but to go on. Um, so there are things that come after salvation. Look in verse, uh, verse 9 of chapter 6. He says, but beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. So there are things that accompany salvation. It's not, it's not salvation and that's it. No, that is just the beginning. That is the beginning of your walk with the Lord. Um, there are things that come after that will come. And as we see in our, our, our passage here, in, uh, what is it, chapter 5 and verse 12, he says, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first oracles of God. So there is a time in the Christian's life where we should be able to be the teacher. We should be able to teach others also what God has taught us. Now, that doesn't mean you might, you might not ever teach a Sunday school class. You might not teach uh, the adult class. But you can all teach somebody. Um, you can teach your children. You can teach uh, your, your wife and God expects that there is a time that we can become teachers. We have, we have the things that we have learned as a Christian to teach to others. Um, and then sometimes going on to perfection means physically moving on. I think of the Conleys. They're getting ready to move. And, uh, you know, they're, it's, it, it's the Lord's will. Um, sometimes going on to perfection includes a physical movement. And, and the Lord's moving us around right now. And it's... It's a different time. It's kind of a, a adjustment, but it's what God wants. We have to move on in our Christian life, and sometimes that means moving on, but that's through careful prayer and uh, and considering God's will. But again, think of think of this passage in Philippians three. Paul gives us admiration. He says in Philippians three thirteen and fourteen, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. 
I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul always had the forward momentum. He was always pushing forward. Um, We cannot get to a place in our Christian life where we just stop. Um, It's a dangerous place. Because then we get to the place where we have to be taught again, like the passage here says. Uh, we have to be taught again in, the, in, the, in the, the principles, the first things that come. Um, but God wants us to go on from salvation and learn and to grow. And uh, again, these things here, in verse, look at verse 1 here, chapter 6, verse 1. He says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Again, that's going on to completeness. And then he, he brings up these different things, uh, not, laying on again, not laying again the foundation of repentance from, the dead, from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. He's given out some things that are foundational. Um, there are things in the Christian life that are foundational. Salvation is one of those things. If you've not trusted the Lord as your Savior, if you have not settled your account before the Lord... Um, that, that is the first thing that you need to lay, the foundation. And the problem here with these people in, in chapter 6 was that they were, they were, they were as you look at further on, they were trying to uh, get saved over again. And they were never getting past that process because they, were, they, were, they would get a little ways and then they'd say, well, I feel like I'm not saved anymore, I need to get saved again. And that's not what this passage teaches. Uh, many Many strange doctrines have come out of the uh, chapter 6. Um, but it says that if God permit, and if God would have to permit you to lose your salvation, first of all. But then, if you were to lose your salvation, it would be impossible to be renewed again. And so there's, there's that, that, that statement there, if God permit. And we know that God will not permit that. Those that come to him, he will no ice cast out. And that salvation is settled. It's a settled account. Um, and so we have to lay the foundation. We need, to, we, we need to set the foundation. We need to build thereupon. And I'm not going to go through each one of those because I want to go, I want to go through these uh, fairly quickly. But there's several, four things tonight we'll go through that I want us to consider to go on in. Number one, let us go on in our spiritual growth. Let us go on in our spiritual growth. Look at 2 Peter 1, chapter 1, please. 2 Peter chapter 1. I believe the Lord wants each and every one of us tonight to go on in our spiritual growth. I don't don't care if you've been saved 20 years or 2 years, or maybe you just got saved yesterday. You are never at a place where you cannot go on in your Christian walk. Um... You're never at a place you cannot go on. Second um, Peter chapter 1, uh, Peter's addressing the, it says, those that have obtained the like precious faith in verse 1. But he gives out what a lot of people call the, the Christian building blocks. And uh, in verse, let's start there in verse, uh, verse 3. He says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And so again, this is talking about God uh, uh, making a way for us to, to go on 
and to obtain these virtues through Christ. And, uh, and then as you go into verse 5 here, it says, And besides this, give all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. And then verse 8 says, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he has or that he was purged from his old sins. Um, so these are things that we need to add. It says, add to your faith. There's 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 the stepping blocks for the Christian lined out right there in these verses. Um, you get saved, you just you, you keep making those steps. You add to your faith. You add to your faith those, the virtue, and, and I'm not going to go through each one of these, but as you get saved, you are going to add to your faith. Um, you need to add to your faith. Uh, it's, not, it's not the end, it's the beginning. Notice that these things in verse 3 are necessary, um, are, are given, we have been given these, uh, everything that is necessary to build our faith. God has not left out just one little thing here. He's given us everything that we need to make it uh, necessary for us to come to him and to walk with him. Look there in verse 3, it says, According as his divine power hath given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Aren't you thankful that God gave us all things that pertain unto, uh, unto godliness and life and godliness? Um, he, he didn't leave anything out. And uh, so if there's, if there's any excuse, it's not on God's part. It's, it's, it's our fault. Um, and so then he goes on, and we're to, to go on from there. And then verse 4, it talks about the um, uh, being partakers of the divine nature and having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Um, and then notice, these things are essential in the Christian life to bring forth fruit and not fall. I like the verse there, it says, in verse uh, 8, it says, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it says, if these things be in you and abound, uh, it's a guarantee. If these things are in you and abound, you will be fruitful. Uh, you will be fruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So there's a danger of, of not going forward in your spiritual walk, your spiritual growth. Uh, you know, it's, it's not that you just get saved and then you decide if you want to go forward. No, you must go forward uh, in your spiritual growth. And then verse 10. It says, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. How many of you would love to say, would, would not love to never fall? Uh, wouldn't that be a blessing? Uh, well, if we do these things, uh, if we follow God's pattern, uh, we can say that we, we, ha- we will not fall. Um, but we know our, our flesh gets in the way, we, we, we get off track, we, get, we, we sin before God, and we fall. But if we keep these things in spiritual growth, we walk before the Lord, we will grow, and we will not fall. 
Uh, listen to this verse in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. It says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Um, again, we see the perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You'll find that all the way through the epistles, the, the, the admonition to perfect holiness in your life. We must press on in our spiritual growth. Paul said, I press toward the mark. Um, are you pressing forward in your spiritual growth? Maybe, you've, maybe you can look back and say, I, I know I was serving God uh, really well back there 20 years ago, but I guess now I'm just not serving the Lord like I was. Listen, there's never a better time than to start pressing forward right now. Um, maybe it's in your Bible reading, whatever it is. I have to daily remind myself to press on, press forward. Um, and then secondly, not only do we need to go on in our spiritual growth, but let us go on in our prayer life. Let us go on in our prayer life. And by the way, these things I'm speaking about because I need these things. Um, these are the things that I need. Look at... Turn with me to Matthew chapter 26. I don't, I don't believe there's a, not a better example than here in, in Matthew chapter 26 with, with Jesus himself. Matthew chapter 26. I want you to consider and be motivated to go on in your prayer life. Matthew chapter 26, let's start reading in verse 36. You'll know exactly where we're at once we start reading uh, and what the situation is. It says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be, very, uh, to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. Verse 39, And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and he prayed, and prayed, saying, O my father, if, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, what, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Um, it says that Jesus went a little farther. Um, he, went, he went a little bit further. We're going to see that he, he went, uh, he came back to the disciples three times. And he said, watch and pray. Um, and we know the disciples uh, fell asleep. And... How many times do we um, uh, fall asleep when it comes to prayer? Or we, we, we look at prayer as something that is menial. And I, I am guilty of this myself. But in Jesus' greatest sorrowful moment, he goes to the Father. He goes to the Father in prayer. Um, intercessory prayer is nothing less than defeating your flesh. Uh, Intercessory prayer is hard. <laughs> it's very hard. It's not fun. Um, and and if you've ever if you've ever wept sorrowfully over something and prayed over something or somebody, you'll understand that. But Jesus, it says that he became very sorrowful uh, and very heavy. 
Um, we must be able to watch and pray if we're going to stand against the devil. Um, boy, I, I see this weakness in myself. Um, you know, the disciples who, uh, you know, even Peter here, Peter, the one that walked on water to Christ, he fell asleep. Um, we are all susceptible to not watching and praying like we should. Um, Jesus set the greatest example of going to the Father in the most sorrowful time. Do you go to the Father when you are in a very sorrowful state? Uh, even when, even just with your, your little request. It might be, to your mind, a small request, but do you go, do you go to the Father in that moment? Um, we have no better example than to see Christ here as he goes a little further. And I believe at this moment he was, he was wrestling. Um, this was the moment that... He, he, he was becoming to be aware. It says that he became very sorrowful and heavy. Um, he went to the Father in prayer, though. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, worry is the indicator that you're not praying enough. Because when you're worrying, then you're not... You're not fellowshipping with God. You're not fellowshipping with the Father. And that's why this verse is so important, Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Do you go to God with everything? Um, do, you, do, you, do you go with him with your supplications? Um, and then with thanksgiving, let your requests be made, known, be made known unto God. But worry is the indicator that you need to press on in your prayer life. I'm going to encourage you tonight to go on in your prayer life. How about, uh, thirdly, let us go on in our church attendance. Look in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I'll try to move forward here quickly. But Ephesians chapter 4. You know, we, we, know, we know clearly that in, in Hebrews 10.25 10, that we're, we are commanded not to forsake the assembling together. Uh, assembling of ourselves together. Um, But we are to exhort one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Uh, But it's so much, church attendance is so much more than just uh, just being here. Uh, We know that. It's not just be in church. It's not the reason that we come just to be assembled together. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, uh, we'll start reading. Says, and, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now I know that's a lot of reading, but everything I just read, God does through the local church. Um, from, from the giving of, of pastors, teachers, um, 
he gives those, it says, till we all come into the unity of the faith. Um, he's given pastors, teachers for the, for the benefit of the church, for the teaching, edifying, perfecting the saints. And then verse 14 says, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Um, why does God give the church? So that we can be built up and to be perfected, as it says, perfected, uh, the perfecting of the saints. This is all done through the local church. Uh, if you were to look in Acts chapter 2, we won't turn there, Acts two forty-two. after the disciples were added to the church, there initially, that says that they continued steadfastly. They continued steadfastly. Um, God's current plan on earth is done in and through the local church. Um, if you separate yourself from the physical assembling together, you separate yourself from God's plan. Um, there's no way around it. All of these are accomplished in the local church. These things that we just read. Um, you know, that we live in a time where you know, we, we have live streaming, which is good. Uh, it, it fills the purpose for when you cannot make it, but it will never be a substitute for, the, for Christians to assemble together. Um, it, it will never substitute it. Um, God's plan is through the local church. Um, let's go on here. So let's go on in our, in our church attendance. But lastly, let us go on in reaching the world for Christ. Let us go on in reaching the world for Christ. Look at Colossians chapter 1, if you would. Colossians chapter 1. We know Matthew chapter 28, 19. The Great Commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That command is not over yet. Uh, we have that command that is still given to us from generation to generation. Um, we are still in the church age. Um, God, <laughs> Christ has not returned. Um, we still have a job to do. The Great Commission is not over. But let me ask you this question. When is, the, when is, when is missions over? Uh, when is missions over? Look in the Colossians 1.28. Um, Paul was talking about being a minister of the gospel here in, in chapter 1. And he goes down here to verse 27, or let's start in verse 26. He says, Even the mystery which hath been hid from the ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Talking about the gospel. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the gospel. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now look at verse 28. It says, Whom we preach... Who, who, who is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus Christ, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. You know, what, what is missions? It is verse 28. We are to preach. What is preaching? It's to warn. It's to warn of what? The coming judgment. To warn of, of, of sin. To, to warn the world of death in a lake of fire. Um, it is warning men. And then it says, and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That is the end of missions, is when every man is warned, every man is taught, and every man is presented before God perfect. And I, I, I think everybody would agree here tonight that that job is not over. 
Um, not every man has been warned. Not every man has been taught and presented to Christ perfect, complete. But the command is to go. And we don't have, uh, you know, the gospel is not, we don't have a touchless gospel. Uh, you know, we live in a time where everything's touchless. Um, you, go, you can go in a store and out the store without touching anything, uh, which I'm thankful for. Um, but the problem is we, we get the, sometimes that mentality comes into the Christian's life and we want everything effortless and clean. We don't want to get dirty. And, and again, I'm thankful for the things that we have to keep our, the germs off of us. But like I said, our, the gospel is not touchless. Uh, think of Hebrews 4.15. It says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. We serve a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Jesus left the comforts of heaven to touch this sin-cursed earth. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we have the opportunity to hear the gospel, to come to Christ, because Jesus came. He came down from the, the throne room of heaven and touched this sin-cursed earth. You know, how much more, why can't we then leave the comforts of our home and go touch a dying and lost world? For Christ, um, I'll finish with this. Uh, everybody knows the name William Carey, famous missionary William Carey. Um, he had a friend named Andrew Fuller, and uh, when William Carey uh, was leaving for India as a missionary, he um, he famously told Fuller, he said, "I will go down into the pit if you will hold the ropes." Um, and, and Fuller, uh, we know that Andrew Fuller, he traveled and he, he advocated for missions and, uh, William Carey was known as the, uh, father of modern missions and, uh, Andrew Fuller, until he died, advocated for, for, uh, for, uh, Carey in India so that he could be a missionary in India while, while Fuller traveled the United States and even, uh, Britain and raised funds for missions and organized, uh, mission societies and it was all because he was willing to hold the ropes for, uh, for William Carey. You know, even today, if there are missionaries that are still willing to go down into the pit, I believe we need to still hold the ropes. Um, you know, in this uncertain time, uh, you know, we don't know, you know, we know the world is, is in up, up, uh, an upset state, but we still have missionaries that are being called out, and we have missionaries that are willing to go and we need to hold the ropes. Amen. We need to hold the ropes. Um, how can we reach a world we never touch? You know, we don't, we don't have a touchless gospel. Let us go on in reaching the world for Christ. Let us go on. And uh, as we close, let me just ask you this. You know, what other... You know, it's, it's endless. We could ask ourselves many questions. Um, you know, maybe we need to go on in our marriage. Maybe we need to go on in raising our children. Um, there's many areas. Going on in ministry. Um, you know, the bus ministry is just starting up. Man, go, go forward. Um, you know, that, go into those bus children's homes and, and touch their lives for Christ. Um, the camp ministry, you, you name it. 
let us go on unto perfection, but let us go on in these different areas in our life. Um, maybe we need to go on uh, in our spiritual growth. Maybe we need to go on in our prayer life. Um, and, and maybe we need to go on in reaching the world for Christ. Um, you, you, you fill in the blank. What is it in your life that you need to go forward? What do you need to press towards the mark for? Um, you ask the question. Um, let's go ahead and close in prayer and I'll have pastor come up, close the service as he sees fit. Father, we thank you for the word of God that you've given us, Lord. Thank you for the exhortation, Lord, to, to go forward, to move forward. And Lord, I pray that in these times we live in, Lord, that we would, we would not falter, we would not fail. But Lord, go forward in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. With heads bowed and eyes still closed, certainly is a tremendous challenge to us about going on in your Christian life. You notice even how from his first point, the others are built upon it. If you're going to go on with your spiritual growth, uh, you're going to have to go on with your prayer life, your faithfulness in church, as well as being obedient to the great commission and the command that's been given to us. Maybe there's certain areas the Lord spoke to your heart about. Maybe it is that prayer life. Maybe there was something in your, in your spiritual life, you know, that God just pricked your heart. You know that's holding you back. Maybe that's the thing you need to come and pray about. Maybe it's the issue of the gospel itself and understand the responsibility. When is the last time you've given somebody the gospel? When is the last time you've handed out that tract? Maybe you're here, you're not even certain if you've truly been converted. Maybe you're not certain if heaven is your home. I you to think about that. If you were to die right now, where would you go? Does anyone here say, Pastor, Pastor McGovern, I am not certain. I do not know what would happen to me if I were to die right now. I don't know if I'd go to heaven or I'm worried I'd go to hell. There's just uncertainty or there's doubt or there's concern. You say, please, I want you to pray for me. Why don't you just raise your hand for me real quick? Just put your hand up and let me acknowledge it. You put it right back down. Anybody here like that? I just see some small children is all I see. Just slide your hand up and then put it back down. All right. Christian, if the Lord spoke to your heart, you come and pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you. Pray that you bless this invitation, Lord. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Turn to page 282. And if you need to come and pray here this evening,